Welcome back to another episode of the RAG Report podcast, my daily bulletin show where I bring to you recruitment owners, leaders, advisors to the global recruitment industry who are giving up their time to help us all navigate through this awful pandemic, which is COVID-19. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Brady Adcock. Brady is the co-founder and managing director of CSR Europe, which stands for Complete Security Recruitment, headquartered in East London slash Essex in the UK. Um, Brady's a guy I know really well um, and someone who, in my opinion, has taken to this whole pandemic and has been pretty vocal online about his his ability to just being positive. Constant positivity is all I've seen from him. So I thought it'd be really good to find out a little bit more and release some of that for you guys. So Brady, cheers for taking the time, mate. Good to see you, Sean. Thank you for the time. Awesome to have you on. You, uh, we just we just had a little pre-chat before the show, but um, I'm 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 quite happy to hear that you're you're in the office today. Yes, I've been in the office since a week last Thursday, so just over a week and a half now back in the office in my own sanity more than anything. If I'm honest with you, Sean. Yeah, uh, with a young family at home, it is isn't always the easiest thing to do from working from home. But being someone that thrives on routine, having been back in the office and feeling a little bit normal. Um, it's been very beneficial. But you're the only one in there, right? You're not, you're not surrounded by people. Yeah. No one else on my own. So first question, like everyone is, you know, paint the picture. What is, what is life like for you right now? Strange. I suppose it's probably the, uh, the shortest way of putting it. I've, we're obviously all adapting. You know, I put a quote up on LinkedIn, which we just discussed this morning. Um, a quote from Charles Darwin about, you know, it's not the strongest or, or the most intelligent species that survives is the one that learns to adapt the quickest. And I think there's a lot to be said for that during this process. You know, obviously we've all we've had that trust issue of working from home removed. Um, and you know, we've all had to embrace it whether we like it or not. Um, so you know, I think that's been one of the positives for me is watching seeing the staff who haven't been furloughed working to the same levels and productivity that I would expect them to do from the office. Yeah, I love that. What? Let's go back. So, obviously, we we we've been speaking a lot, and I think what are we about six weeks in now, aren't we? Since the shit hit the fan, tell the listeners like how how did things evolve for you at in, in your office? It was really quite strange. Um, to be honest, I said we we kind of watching it unfold before our eyes, and not really taking too much notice of it at the, at the same time. We've, we've got a pub on the back of our office here, and, and most of the guys were still popping in after work for a beer and. And whatnot, and all of a sudden, you know, and we realised that it'd gone up a couple of gears, and we're trying to reassure the team that we're doing the right things. You know, we got hand sanitizer. We tried to do everything we could to make them feel comfortable about coming in yeah. to the office. And um, obviously, listening to the, the prime minister's speech when he pulled the plug, effectively, we had to we had to adjust. Fortunately, we had put plans in place if that happened, and. You know, we work from we work in the cloud, and we had all the technology we needed to be able to work from home to give us that flexibility. I know other business owners that haven't had that. You know, they've obviously been holding other set of challenges. But yeah, it was the, the the market had been in decline for a while. I think it, you know for two or three weeks before the shutdown, we'd seen some hesitancy from our clients, um, you know, projects being put on hold, um, you know, and the like. You know, we was. We had a big retail project we were going to be picking up for a client. That got put on hold. That was about 800 stores we were going to be looking at for them. Wow. Um, so all of a sudden, yeah, CCTV and True Alarms, we're going to do an asset collection and I won't bore you with details, but 
on the side of net was, you know, we would have had, on, on our contract side, we'd probably have had 25, 30 guys out on that. Yeah. You know? um, and overnight that got pulled. They're still waiting for that to go live. Um, so yeah, the, 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 the pace changed. And I suppose the working day is unrecognisable to what it was six, seven weeks ago, as we, as we discussed, you know. For me, it's been a lot of t- time to be visible for our clients. It's not about ringing them up, asking they need engineers or they need sales guys or what they need. It's more about how you getting on. Is there anything I can do to, to sort of help you and support you at the moment? Because I, I personally feel what will be taken from this on the other side and be remembered by everybody's how people deal with this and how they deal with you as, a, as individuals and companies. So I think we're under pressure to make sure we paint a positive picture for our, for our clients and our, and our candidates and give them a positive experience, although we can't really help them as we normally would. Yeah, I like that. It's not, I think, I think everyone's worked that out some quicker than others that, you know, going straight in with the classic conversation around sales and recruitment, it, it can, it, I mean, sometimes it's required straight away. Other times you, you need to be a bit more sensitive to what people are going through, right? Um, what, one, I mean, you, tell us a bit more about your market for people that don't know anything about your market and how, how has your market evolved? Because there is a little bit of, um, what's the word? There's a bit of consistency required because security is, and you can't turn that off because of the COVID-19. No, well, there's two sides to our business, fire and security. So um, it's electronic, so fire alarms, um, CCTV access control, intruder alarms. They're just basically the, the systems we work with. Yeah. Access control systems. Fire alarms were kept as key workers. So we had some clients, there's one client in particular that has kept us, I say busy, but busy in terms of what we are these days. And um, that they do a lot of work with people like the NHS, Sainsbury's, Co-op, you know, other supermarkets. So they've kept us busy. Mm. They had a high level of vacancies going into this. So in a way, this has kind of worked in their favor, if I'm honest with you, because they're not facing the same level of competition for engineers as they were post, uh, pre-pandemic. If you like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we do everything from engineers all the way through to salespeople, through to middle management, onto direct delivery. Right. Um, but the, the fire side in particular is it's a legal requirement. Right? If you've got a commercial building, you have to have a fire alarm. Sure. A want or a need, it's a must-have. So, you know, in terms of of tough economic times, it tends to be one of the more resilient markets for that reason. Yeah, yeah. What, um, in terms of the team you've got, how, like, how did you, how many people you got and how did, how did they cope with it early on? Really, really mixed. We've got a relatively young team. So there's about 12 of us in the office. Um, so we're a relatively young team, I say some, I've lived through 2008, Sean. That yeah. was my first recession, you know, and I took, the way I've dealt with this whole situation, I've taken a lot from, from the lessons I learned during that period, you know, um, and one of the things I found with the, with the team was some have handled it better than others, you know, as you would expect, yeah. you know, um, it's scary times, you know, and I think if you listen to too much of, of read too much social media or, you know, listen to things that are not necessarily always accurate, then, you know, it can be a really daunting and, and scary place to be. And 
that's what I tried to do early doors was try and give them facts, figures, and get them to encourage me. If they want to know anything about it, go on the government website. Don't go on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. Don't go on Instagram. Listen to the facts. Um, you know, some, as I say, some cope with it better, some some others. But we furloughed about sixty percent of the team. Yeah, we kept going. I kept mainly the client-facing guys going. Um, we're obviously still looking after our candidates on a daily basis and doing what we can for them. And it's just about keeping people in the in the loop as much as anything. Time yeah. right now. Um, in terms of your uh, you, you, your your approach, Brady. Honestly, of all the people I know, like I've, I, you've been consistently positive. So tell us a bit more about what you learned in 2008, because it must be something about that as to why you've got this outlook that yeah. so many I don't think have got. 100%. One of the things that I learned during 2008, you know, 2007, 2008, I've only been trading for a short amount of time, so it comes a real shock. Yeah. To, as I'm sure it has many other new business owners. Um, and but one of the things I remember taking away from it was, I, I remember changing my language during 2007, 2008. And one of the things I'd done during that recession, I said to the team I had then, I banned all newspapers from the office. I said, I don't want to hear it. I said, if someone asks us how busy we are, you know, be honest with them, but paint the picture, tell them about the positives. Don't focus on the negatives. And mm. the more positive language you use, the more you get back, in a way. And, I, you know, in, in, from my perspective, I, I, another thing I took from 2008 is, on the other side of these situations, there's always opportunity. Invariably, there's always opportunity. And the people who spent more time looking for those opportunities and positioning themselves to take advantage of those opportunities when they arose were the ones that come out of that situation stronger. So basically, that's what I've chosen to, to lean on and focus on. During this how long did it affect you last time? How, how long did you genuinely feel like you were in a recession in 2008? There were some dark days back in then. <laughs> Bearing in mind, we we was good recruiters in those days. We probably wasn't really business owners even. You know, um, oh, it seemed to go on for, for a long time. Um, at least eighteen months was a, was a real slog. Really, it was a real real slog. Was it just you and Andrew back then, or did you have? No, was... we had a team of another four. Yeah, so we had six of us, including Andrew and I. Um, but yeah, it was it was. But Andrew and I, we've got completely different. Well, you know, you've met met us yeah. both, and we've got completely different approaches. I'm the one who's on it 24-7. I remember having a conversation with Andrew in the car park and saying to him, can't see where our next deal's coming from. And he was like, it's only to turn up. Punch <laughs> him all around the car park shoulder at that point. <laughs> but he was right. Something Did he say up. someone just called in that morning or something? It, it was just, he, that's, then I suppose they talk about yin and yang, balancing each other out. I suppose that is what Andrew and I have done for each other in that sense. Um, no, but yeah, it is invariably. Again, I, I, I tend to remind myself to focus on what's within my control or within our control. If it's not within our control, leave it. Parking. I feel like I'm saying that to myself like on a daily basis about everything. It's like, can I control this? If I can't, can someone else in my team? And if it's if it's out of our hands, move yeah, the fuck on, like carry on, like because yeah. it's it, it, you can get consumed by this stuff. And I've, even family, like you know, I speak to some. Speak to my mum, and she's she's had some really tough time. Like we lost my uncle like two weeks ago. Um, yeah, it's, it's really really sad. Like he was in hospital with with cancer treatment, and it was early stages as well. So it wasn't even like they, they thought he'd go. Um, and he caught he caught it in the hospital. So he had got moved towards, and he was gone within eight days. Wow. And then one of my other uncles, who um, 
when seeing him has caught it now. He's been rushed into hospital. He's all right at the minute, but so my mum's clearly like it's her cousins, not her brothers, but yeah. still very close, and and she's rocked. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm I can I can sense her. She has days where she's defeated, right? And it's like you know everyone's crap and the work. The, this, this lockdown and then the next day she's positive again and I'm like everyone's going through different waves yeah. and it's it's, it's, it, it's not right or wrong is it but especially when we're leading businesses and we're leading people especially between those hours of x y and z when people are re- relying on us we, we, we have to worry about what we can control there's no other choice well we spoke very early on during this process or this situation and we both spoke about limiting the exposure we have to the nodes yeah you know, and it's, I listen to the news at five o'clock. I listen to the briefing, and that is all I do, Sean. And yeah, I, I, I don't. I've had, I've had family members. I've had to say, listen, I'm happy to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you about the situation because all you come up with is negatives, negative, and I don't want to hear it. Mm. You know, and, um, I push as much of that stuff away from me as I as I yeah. as I possibly can, um, because you know, if you let it in, it's dangerous, and it can it can consume you. It can take over everything else, you know. Even Danielle, my partner, my missus, she was, when, when I first started working from home, every day she had the news on all day, and I had to, Danielle, turn it off. I don't, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, and my, people might say it's me burying my head in the sand. Uh, possibly it is, but... Um, well, they'll say know, the I'll, same to me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I think I'm not even making the five o'clock briefing every day, not because I don't want to, but because I'm so busy and trying to do other things. And um, I check Apple News on my phone every day, and... Um, it gives me a pretty sobering outlook for the day. Um, but we, we were talking just before the show about how, you know, it feels... So it's, today is Monday, the 27th. Um, and I think, you know, there's definitely... I've not been out of the house today, so I can't really give you my honest opinion. But you, your words were, it feels a bit busier in, in the streets. And I feel like the weekend was as well. So what do you, what do you think? Well, I think the government of are gearing us up to getting or restricting some of the restrictions and, and loosening some guidelines. The, the roads definitely seem busier today than they have the last couple of weeks. We went, we took the family for a walk on Saturday and to be honest with you, it was, it was mind-blowing how busy yeah. the streets were on Saturday. I couldn't, I was gobsmacked. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of what we do is, is linked to construction. You know, and so I've been hearing about more and more sites opening up. I, I, I've been told for the last two weeks today was going to be a busy, busy day in terms of sites reopening. And um, definitely seems to be the case, Sean, from what I'm hearing, the conversations I'm having. Um, so I, I think, you know, people are starting, again, I think people are starting to get their head around it. It's one of two things. Either people are starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel and think we're coming through this, or people are basically getting their head around it and saying, right, this thing ain't going to go away. This isn't going away. We need to that change the way we work and basically kind of get on with it, I suppose, to a certain degree. Um, and we were speaking before before we came on, you know, around, uh, I, I read um, on on Twitter last night, it was Spencer Morgan, Piers Morgan's boy, he quoted, I don't know whether it's true or not, but he quoted a statistic that there was only 140 people under the age of 40 had passed away. From this. In the UK? In the UK. Um, and he was saying whether, you know, you know, what we should be focusing on now is getting the fit and protecting the vulnerable 100%. You know, that's got to be done. That's a, that's a, a given. But, you know, maybe now it's time to get the fit and healthy back and, and get them back to work. And so, for me, it's one of one or two things. It's either the light at the end of the tunnel and people think we're coming through it, 
or people are adapting and accepting that this thing is going to be around for, for at least the foreseeable future. And we need to find a way of working alongside yeah, it, basically. I can't, I can't see how... Like, I can see how things like, you know, holidays will be gone for a long time. I can see nervousness of flying or even jumping on buses and trains as we always did like you said going in pubs and bars and restaurants i can't i can't see that going back anywhere near normal for a long time but work isn't a luxury work is essential it's a co- economic essential to keep this business because it's going to cause more problems if you think about the amount of people that are depressed it's probably more than the amount of people that are ill right now right way more and the amount of people in financial hardship more than the amount of people that are real right now and it's going to keep going that way so there has to be some form of balance and i don't know i really honestly mate i really hope we can we can balance it somehow it's, it's going to be a challenge 100 percent. it's going to be a challenge you know because again we were talking about taking individual responsibility for this yeah as well um, unless you're you are lacking in the intelligence department if you're walking into an environment where you think well this probably isn't right then you're going to turn around and walk away from it. Now, I've heard I've heard people quoting the same talk about opening offices for under fifty people. Fifty sounds a lot to me. Yeah, personally, but I, I, it goes, I suppose it depends on the size of the office. Yeah. You know, they're able to work, um, but I can see things like um, rotating. So you might have half the staff in one week, work from home the next. Mm. So to maintain social distancing, but you know these are all challenges as 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 business owners and leaders we we kind of have to solve. Well, I've um, already started thinking about um, my business and how like so, for example, in our office in Bethnal Green, we've got space for about fifteen people. So pre-COVID, we were operating with about twenty-one, twenty-two people, and there was never more than thirteen in the office anyway. So the rest were all working from, we've got copywriters that travel the world and all sorts of stuff. We've shrunk the team slightly because of what's gone on, but we're still in the, mo- in, in the whole absolutely fine. But I'm like, personally, my, my life was five days a week in the office, but I started to pull away Tuesdays and Thursdays, try and work from home. It's quite hard really because the amount of podcasts I do and all these client facing stuff, it's been hard. But the days when I do work from home, I feel like I get more done. Um, blah 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 but now I'm like 100% at home I'll be honest I don't think that's for me either so I'm like I, and, I, and, I, and having spoken to my team I think everyone's got this two day a week thing that we, we all said we quite like so I'm thinking you know Monday be around start the week together set the tone and then yeah. possibly like everyone goes in on a different day that week to like do their second day I think I'd pick Thursday and then have a beer at the end of the day or something like that yeah. I think that's the perfect day um <laughs> Or, you know, you do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and everyone has Monday, Friday at home. I don't know yet, but yeah. for me, it's that I definitely don't want to grow the office space. I, I'm, that's put me off that now. Yeah. Um, and I think you could keep a bit, you could grow a headcount, but keep your office smaller if you do have a more of a, a, an alternative style of what you do with the, with the space. Well, it's interesting because recruitment historically has always brought in young people and trained them. Yeah, yeah. So that, that can't change effectively. Mm. I think the industry's kind of is reliant on that, you know, bringing young talent through. So we're always going to have to have an element of, of office space, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, I definitely, it's definitely changed my opinion of it. I'm someone who, who thrives on routine. I love routine. Yeah. My, well, tell us about your routine, because I get up 
early. You're even you're you're a lot earlier than me. What's your, what's an average daylight for you? Um, what pre COVID or yeah? Let's do let's do pre COVID. Pre COVID, I'd be up at four. Um, I'd I'll take so I like I read every day, so I'm actually on Matthew Said's Rebel Ideas. It's good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, just I've only just started this weekend, just finishing last one, like that. So I try and read for sort of half an hour minimum in the morning. Um, wake up, have, have cereal. Generally speaking, I'm in the office by I'm live five minutes from the office, so yeah. I'm in the office by half five. Um, I have the two hours I have in the office on my own are probably my most productive of the day. There's a lot of planning, looking at the, the numbers and what we've got going on, looking at our pipelines. Um, is there anything I can influence? And I basically prep for. Um, a seven thirty meeting with my heads of department. Are they all? Everyone's in at half seven. Well, most of them are Lee's in at seven. So what, I've started staggering them. So Lee, Lee Felton, you know, um, he's in. At, he gets in about seven. So we usually start our meeting about half seven. I'll prep for that before, and then um, we go through. And, and uh, I usually catch up with Lee. Who runs a contract side uh, about eight thirty, depending on what time. Lee and the other Lee and I are getting finished. But generally speaking, yeah. So. It, that, those first couple of hours are my chance to. I stay on top of my emails. I'm, I don't ever let them build up. Um, but generally speaking, I have sort of a, an hour in the morning just to sort of set myself for the day, do my time, what I want to do, read it, reading, catching up on a bit of news, watching the football from the night before, whatever the case may be. Um, and then I usually say, start work about half five. In the office, I'm like you, I was pretty much five days a week. I usually Usually kept Thursdays as my meeting day. So if I had meetings in town, I would usually keep them on a Thursday. I'd be in town and, and get as many meetings done as I could back to back. Um, and then um, usually get home by about half six and get terrorised by my kids. You know what? You, you, you're definitely, I think, I haven't got any kids yet, but I, I can already see like that's the time of the day in the morning when no one else can really impact. Like who's, no one's waking up to, to bother you at that time. Um, you, you get that clear window and then in the evening you feel a bit more free. If, you, if you've conquered the morning, you feel a bit more free in the evening, don't you? Well, I just get time with the girls, so I'm mm. to go. Um, a weekend I'm there as far as I'm concerned. So, um, and that's where I've struggled working from home because they're used, when I'm at home, I'm there. So I'm, you know, dragged in the garden, do whatever, you know, painting my nails, lipstick, whatever <laughs> they do to me. Um, but all jokes aside, yeah, and that's one. I was telling you stories of what, what Emmy's done to me um, whilst I've been in, in Zoom meetings whilst, during this period. Terrorising you. Yeah, I walked in, asked me to wipe her bum. Brady <laughs> um, ran naked on another on another one. But yeah, she, so yeah, that's why that's why I, I felt like I needed that routine of being back in here and, and trying to focus. And we've had some. It's, it's actually helped my my body state of mind as well. Helped me keep focus. And, I've got no distractions at all. Then. Yeah, I've I've got this. I've set myself up now in my bedroom in the corner. I've, like in the first couple of weeks, if you've seen any of my videos, I was in this in my wife's. So we've got a two-bedroom apartment, a flat. It's not an apartment. It's an old council block that's been converted, um, and decent-sized bedroom. And then she's got this little uh, room she uses for getting ready, right? And that had a desk in it. My desk that I originally bought, which I put in there, she gets ready on. So I'm in there every day, and I don't know. I don't. Know, I'm a bit of a I hate clutter. And I hate stuff. So I'm, I'm a bit of a minimalist in my approach. And she's got clothes everywhere and shit's everywhere. And I was like, it's starting to stress me out. So I just got up one morning, took the desk and just banged it in the bedroom in the corner. And she was like, 
that was quite good actually. And now I've got space. I'm further away from the living room. Um, and she's with, she's doing personal training in the living room all day and the dog's running around. So I'm, I'm quite lucky because I don't, I, I can't honestly take my hat off more to people with kids because it must be hard because you want to give them a bit of time. They don't really understand what's going on. No, nah, they don't. Nah. But the thing is, we're, everyone's in the same boat. So, you know, no one takes exception to it at the moment. Now, if you were just sliving at home on a Tuesday afternoon to be at home with your kids and you was on a, a Zoom call and you know, people might be a little bit more upset, but we're all in the same boat at the moment. So, you know, everyone's took it in, with, uh, in the right way and sort of laughed it off and, and focused. But for me, I think it was important for me to get back to work. So it just felt like, again, it comes by, probably like a control. Yeah. If I, if, I, if I break it down and actually reflect on it, it's about control. So... You know, I'm back in control. This is my my world, I suppose, in a way. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like I'm back at back at the uh, back where I belong in terms from from a work perspective, at least. How are you thinking for the rest of the year in terms of like bit of a random question, but mm. quick, like I've had a few chats with owners about you know forecasting and sales pipelines. Like everyone had these budgets and targets that have almost tear them up from away yeah, mate exactly are yeah. you are you now looking at it like monthly or quarterly as opposed to annually because i think it's i always look at it quarterly yeah i always look at it quarterly so i'm always looking at the way, way we way we review we review on a monthly basis so we review month gone month in month forward constantly so we're always yeah. looking at a three-month cycle um but you know from 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 my perspective you know who knows what this is, what's going to bring the rest of this year? I'm expecting a, a sharp upturn on the back end of this. Again, we're, we're closely linked to construction, so you know, people behind projects are falling behind. They're going to need pushing on and finishing. There's going to be other projects starting. Um, I think the end of the, the, the labour pool that's going to be affected most are probably the, the smaller subcontractors. That you know, if anyone's not going to get paid, most likely be them. Bless them. Um, so I'm expecting the labour pool, it was already stretched, to be stretched even further. So I can see a, a, a sharp upturn in terms of our labour division. Um, whether that's sustained or not will remain to be seen. Because um, I think that the projects that need finishing, they're going to need finishing. The projects that have got finance in place that they're committed to starting and committed to getting done, it'll be the next round of projects that we'll see if there's a real issue. Um, from a perm line perspective, I'm expecting some lag. So I'm expecting, you know, a, a four to maybe six, eight weeks, a little bit of confidence coming back into the market. People are going to want to sit on their hands and see what, what it's doing. Um, but, you know, again, we've had clients during this period who've seen this as a real opportunity from their perspective, Sean, you know, and they've seen this as a chance to go and be aggressive in the, market, in the recruitment market and get the talent that's available that again maybe they wouldn't necessarily get access to yeah 100 um, again we've, we've seen it's really been interesting for me so i work with businesses of all sizes so you know, we work with people from lady tjci through to you know one man bands and there's managing directors business owners of businesses that i looked at i think God, this guy really knows his onions this guy's really good at what he does and they've and they've, i've seen people where handle this situation completely differently to I ever imagined they would. Mm. Um, people I see as really strong leaders you know, really question themselves and second guess themselves. I guess we're all, we're all able to do that sometimes, but I think at times like this, you've, you've got to be decisive. 
you know, I suppose you know, using the old analogy of it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? And I think you've got to stick to decisions you make as well, even if you question yeah. yourself. Everyone does, but you've got to stick with it and move on. And way I see it, it's no different to parenting, Sean. So whatever I do for my two girls, I do it because I think it's right for them. Yeah, I might. I might look back in five years' time and go, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. Mm. At that moment in time, when I make that decision, I make it because I believe it's what's best for them. It's no different for the staff, you know, in the business. Whatever decisions I make at that moment in time are generally because I think it's the right thing to do. You know, I, might, I might be proven wrong further down the line. Um, ultimately, time will tell. But whatever I do, it's because I thought it was the right thing for, for my oh, staff. Really? I've I've absolutely loved it, mate. I've loved today. I've loved listening to you and, and seeing what you're doing online. And and do you know what? Um, you are. There's a lot of people like you out there, but you're you're giving it out every day and you're sharing it. And I think it, it's it's we need that. We need to rub off on each other. We need that positivity in it. It's a, it's it's been a it's been great to watch. It, are you happy for anyone who's listened to this to reach out and and ask? Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I think it's, this is time more than, more so than ever. It should be about helping people. Yeah. sharing knowledge sharing experience so more than happy for that Sean alright wicked well look I'll, um, I'll make sure you're tagged in this and um, anyone who does reach out thanks so much for taking the time today I appreciate it mate, yeah, mate. Um, we'll check in again in a few months see if we're both still as positive then eh? <laughs> we'll say thanks for your time Sean awesome um, guys thanks so much for listening um, another short and sharp episode I'm going to keep bringing them to you every single day no matter how busy I get I'm aiming to still keep this going. We've also got some really exciting news about the podcast um, coming in the next few days, so stay close. Um, in the meantime, if you did enjoy this episode, I'm not asking for you to pay me for listening. I'm asking you to pay one thing forward, which is share the episode with someone who you think will benefit. So pass it on to a friend, a colleague, a boss, even your competitors. We want as many people listening every day so that together we keep ourselves motivated, we keep the mindset strong, and we come out of this better. Um, I'll be back again tomorrow, but in the, in the meantime, stay safe and I'll see you soon.